1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: How do you feel at practice today? Do you kind of change the size of like what you're wearing on your finger? How much of a process is that? Yeah, look, uh, I I felt okay throwing the ball today. Um, Again, it was kind of one of those things Sunday where I felt like I was able able to do what I needed to do, and I think
1: that will be, again, a a work in progress throughout this week to see what my effectiveness is. As far as what I I do as far as the splint and tape and all that, um, we've tried a handful of different things already, uh, we'll continue to try other things and figure out what works best. I think Taysom Hill and Drew Brees spent way too much time together. Is he starting to look like him or what? God, <laughs> he know. sounds like him. <laughs> he has the same demeanor. Right? He looks like same him. Skin now tone, he's kind of like he's the he's the he's. The, uh, we love Drew. He's the after Drew, not the before. He's the after about three months in the gym. He's a bigger Drew. Yeah, he's a bigger Drew. But he talks like him, sounds like him, moves like him while he's talking, everything.
2: Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Well, you know, we, we see that, you know, when you're kind of the guy that's behind the guy, you start to copy and do little things, and all of a sudden you start to you watch film with practice and you're going, "Damn, I I'm, I'm going to look like him." Cuz you go, "Wait, his mechanics are great. Let me copy him. What he's doing." Uh, so yeah, I'm sure that's a, that there's an aspect of that. That's that's very real, but yeah, it'd be interesting to that- see. You know, That's why it's better to back up Drew
1: Brees than to back up Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. No
2: doubt about it. Because, because you, know, you, want, to, you yeah. want to
1: mimic the things that you can do, <laughs> right. not right. the things
2: that only they and no one else on the planet can do. No doubt about it. Right. We talked about with Jordan Love, right? Because we were like, wait, Jordan Love in the Kansas City game, he made a few throws where he tried to look like or throw it like Aaron Rodgers, and I would just go, no, just be textbook quarterback mechanical guy right now. You're not ready to be Aaron Rodgers, no doubt. Hey, but the Taysom Hill thing, it's gonna be interesting to see how he deals with this finger. It certainly sounds like it's a little more critical than than maybe uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati or anything like that. So um, you know, again, we saw it affected him throwing the football there after it happened last week, like greatly. Burrow, it didn't seem like it affected quite the same way. Taysom, we saw some throws where he went, "Whoa!" That came out of his hand really funny, and as you could tell, he's still dealing with it. So uh, be interesting to see how he does here on Sunday, or if he can do it. Well.
1: He had a splint
2: I know. on the finger. I know. He
1: finished the game with a splint on the finger. He has mallet finger, which is it's not identical. I mean, we heard mallet finger relates to Russell Wilson. Wilson, I think Wilson had mallet finger plus because he missed multiple games and had to have surgery with a pin that went straight down his middle finger. So it's not as bad as Wilson, but it's still an injury to one of the fingers on your throwing hand. And he played the game with a splint on. And what that did, that really activated his. The flip side of Tuanon. the same, and it may be the same group. I don't know, but there's that group out there that is irrationally in love with Tua Tagovailoa, and then there's this group out there that irra- irrationally hates Taysom Hill and cheers every time he fails. Oh, I know. He had he had a busted finger when he threw three of his interceptions, and he didn't have Alvin Kamara. He doesn't have a receiver that anyone's ever heard of. All due respect to the guys that are on the roster, and. He still ran for over a hundred yards, but oh, he sucks because oh, he no, had four I got,
2: interceptions. I got a on lot Thursday of stuff night. on that on social media, no doubt about it. Oh, me too. Yeah, because I said things too last week, like Taysom Hill is every bit as accurate as Tua, and you know, of oh, course, boy. Then, that that guy you used got against, both ends. Yeah,
1: you got you got it from Tua right, on right. Taylor. So that
2: was very funny. And then you know, there's some idiots on there who don't I, they don't know if they watch the game. I wanted to be like, wait, are are you stupid? Or are you just dumb? or Are you mean? Which one is it? The guy pl- hurt his finger halfway through the first quarter, and again, where I would argue, and then and see, this is where I'm going to sound like a two-a-hater. Listen, the whole world can throw the ball five yards over the middle. You don't need to draft a quarterback at number five in the draft to throw the ball five or six yards over the middle, or like Logan Ryan said, run to the left and throw the ball one yard into the flat. I mean, it's a real thing. So, I mean, you put Taysom Hill in that situation, Yeah. But they asked Taysom Hill to throw the ball 50 yards down the field, 40 yards down the field, 30 yards down the field, things they don't even ask Tua. So, idiots on Twitter, shut up. You're an idiot. Get off Twitter and learn something else. Watch something else. You're an idiot. Thank you.
1: Oh. plenty of the idiots out there were having fun with my tweet from a couple of years ago after the Vikings beat the Saints in the playoffs and Taysom Hill was clearly the best player on the field that day and anybody who watched that game knows it and I know Paul Allen our good friend who does play-by-play for the Vikings I talked to him after he's like I can't believe they didn't use this guy more we don't win this game if they use this guy a little bit more he was unstoppable and that was when it was on the the cusp of what are they going to do? Are they going to make him the guy Is yeah, Drew right. coming back? And right. I, I don't know what's happened since then the, he hasn't developed to meet the potential that we saw that day. But that day, the day that I tweeted that in the aftermath of tweeting that, He was the best player on the field in a playoff game, and he had a combination of throwing the ball and running the ball that we just don't see. And uh, it hasn't matched it since then. But, yeah, three interceptions with a busted finger. I mean, give the guy a break, and he doesn't have any help around him. Uh, We'll see what happens this week if he can play against the Jets. Joe Burrow, pinky finger, did not practice Wednesday. Expects to play on Sunday against the 49ers. Rematch of Super Bowls 16 and 23. Dislocated pinky against the Chargers. Uh, we, we've heard nothing to suggest he won't play. He says he'll play. Coach says he'll play. But he didn't practice on Wednesday. So that tells you there's something going on there if you can't go out and throw the ball around a little
2: bit. Yeah, maybe just trying to get a little stronger, a little more rest, You know, let those ligaments tighten up just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it took a good shot on the finger. Now, where it's different to me than Taysom Hill, you know, one, we explained, you know, the grip. See how that pinky finger's underneath the laces. I don't necessarily think with his grip that the pinky finger is a, a deal breaker as far as controlling the football. And where it's different than Taysom Hill, too, is the fact of, I go, man, I mean, Joe Burrow made some unbelievable throws from that point on. You know, so, yeah, it's probably going to be painful and a pain in the butt. Like I talked about the other day, especially when you release the ball and let your hand go limp, that's when it really hurts those dislocated fingers. But man, you know, between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, were there some high quality throws in that football game? Burrow played phenomenal. He really did. Um, you know, so we'll see. But I, I expect him to be still dangerous against the 49ers on Sunday. All right, five weeks to go. Playoff picture has been up and
1: down and all over the place. We're going to try to make sense of it with a game of what's more likely when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: All I know is right now, we're we in
2: control of our own destiny right now. You know, we're sitting 8-4. Um, we just got to go go grind it out and get Ws. I'm taking a game at a time. That's, that's all I can do right now. Focus on the playoffs right now. You know, how many games left. we if we 12 games, we got five games left. You just gotta try to win these out, and then then we can talk about playoffs. But for sure, that's our goal.
1: Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, as they try to hold it together. War of attrition, they're losing the war of attrition. Good God, the injuries they've had this year, all the way back to training camp. But Amazing. at the same time, this is a testament to John Harbaugh. This guy, when when we start identifying best coaches in football, he gets overlooked, right? Agree hear Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Harbaugh's in that category. Yes, Sean Payton. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to add others that deserve that kind of attention. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm thinking Mike. Ray, yeah, start leaving people out. You're going to get but no, but text but Harbaugh, messages, so. I think, is All even the upper class but- of those guys.
2: <laughs> I think Harbaugh belongs up there. You know, Belichick, of course, is the top of the mountain, but. Harbaugh belongs, needs to be up there with, you know, to Andy Reid, Sean Mike Payton, Tomlin, Mike didn't Tomlin. him. Exactly. That, that, to me, they're in a little bit of a, a, a second-tier class behind Belichick that, you're right, Harbaugh, for whatever reason, does not quite get named in that category enough. I agree with you. Okay, so what's more likely? The Ravens, who have a
1: one-game lead in the AFC North, lose that to a team like the Bengals or the Steelers, or the Cowboys lose their hold on the NFC East. I can't believe I'm saying that to the Washington football team which is two games back with five to play and two games to go against Dallas which is more likely.
2: I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one. You know again I don't feel warm and cozy about Dallas. I don't There's some issues there right now. I don't know, you know, their defense is starting to show that, you know, kind of the flaws that we thought it had, but it was kind of turnovers and and things were making up for it. Uh, Washington playing good football. But Baltimore, like what you said, first, I just don't know how good Baltimore is, you know. They have injuries. There's some underwhelming parts of their team. They are inconsistent, you know. Their run game's not the same as years past. It's Lamar Jackson, period. You know, after the first drive and a few game plan plays and teams get used to it, they can't run the football after that. You know, and then you add, I think, what the kicker is to me to pick Baltimore is their schedule. Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Holy crap. That's a tough schedule right there. So I'll go with Baltimore on this one over Dallas uh, by a close one.
1: Well, it's not not as close for me. I think Baltimore is the choice. The fact that we're even including Dallas – Is stunning. Yeah, when you consider where the Cowboys were and where Washington was. Washington was two and six. Here they are, four straight wins in a row. Later, and now you've got the Cowboys coming up in Washington. Oh boy! I, you know, when I was making my picks last night in anticipation for the Joint Mega Picks podcast, which we'll tape later today, I wrestled with that one. And uh, Washington's just got a vibe right now. So. It's, clo- it's, it's close, but I would have never dreamed it would be close. I would have assumed Baltimore, yes, but it's the, the, the Cowboys need to worry. And, and we've said about Washington, they've got two paths to the playoffs, wild card and they could still win the division. Most yeah. of the teams in the hunt right. and clinging to the wild card berths in the NFC, they're only getting in if they get a wild card berth. All right, what's more likely, the Patriots lose the top seed in the AFC or the Cardinals squander – the number one position in the NFC?
2: Well, like you look at, and to me, this is, again, these are two phenomenal football teams. You look at the schedule. Uh, this is, to me, where it just goes schedule. You go Patriots with the Colts, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Dolphins. You know, still, I, you know, three out of those four games, are they're in the balance. I, I, I look at that and go, I mean, they could lose to the Colts, the Bills, and the Dolphins. There's no doubt about that. Arizona, you know, Their schedule not real easy either when you look at it and go Rams Lions Colts Cowboys Seahawks. Uh, I I, I guess if I'm gonna choose one here, I'm really torn as you can see. I I think I'm gonna go the Cardinals lose the top seed in the NFC. I am just the way the Patriots are playing. I don't know. This is just a gut feel. I don't have anything like particular to say. I just go man. The Patriots are playing really good football on both sides. The Cardinals are really good. Um, I guess I'll – but they they still – they got the Rams this weekend. You know, there's just – I guess I just got to see a little bit more for me to think that. And it's weird to say because I think the Cardinals are really damn good.
1: But think about the Patriots getting their bye now, getting extra time – for the final four games of the regular season. Boy, who did that happen for last year, that they had extra time before their final four games of the regular season? Yeah, the Bucks. So they can get rested, they can collect, they can self-scout themselves, they can do what they need to do to really shore up any weaknesses they may have and get ready for the stretch run. I think the the Cardinals are far more likely to lose the top seed. They're holding on to it by one game. Yeah, If they're in a two-way tie with the Packers, Packers have it now three-way tie gets a little more complicated because the Bucks and the Packers didn't play the Bucks and the Cardinals didn't play so you start doing different tiebreakers to resolve it but uh, I, I just think the Cardinals are more likely well to lose it all right you no know, wait wait you
2: made it you made a good point there too you know I, I think the competition we can look at has got to be a part of that conversation you're right you lose that tiebreaker to Green Bay you know Tampa of course you know nipping at their heels New, New England you know, they got the advantage of they beat Tennessee, who's still the second team in the AFC. Baltimore, we just talked about, has a really tough schedule. I would imagine them losing a game or two, maybe. I do. And, you know, Kansas City been in so inconsistent, I can't just sit here and go, oh, yeah, Kansas City's definitely going to win the rest of their games. I think that's why you. I think we probably both lean towards uh, New England in that one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's packed together in the AFC. And when it's packed together, advantage, greatest coach, who's ever coached. Huge advantage. Greatest coach who's ever coached when it's all packed together like that because he's going to find a way to do what he needs to do to keep navigating the schedule. What's more likely, the Bills miss the playoffs or the 49ers fail to make the seven-team field in the NFC?
2: Wow. That's another tough one. I mean, I I guess if you're going to make me choose either one here, I'm going to go that the 49ers miss the playoffs. I am. You know, The 49ers, I look as a playoff team, and man, if they got in, I think they could be dangerous. But they seem to have a little bit of that Chiefs disease this year to where they just mess up certain games. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. But some of the mistakes made last week during that game, you know, and then, of course, their schedule with the Bengals, the Titans still on there, the Rams still on there, you know, man, that's, those are three games that are certainly in the balance. Buffalo, even though, like, I'm a little worried about them and they do have a tougher schedule – I look at that as just going, man, they got the Bucks this week. They got New England again. They can win either game. I don't know if they will, but I expect them to win the other three games. I guess that's where I look at it to go, okay, you know, there they are 10-7. and seven, They're in the playoffs. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say that about, you know, the 49ers, and, and especially like like we said, they, we've seen them mess up a lot this year. This is a real test for the Bills, though. This is serious adversity they've yeah. encountered
1: after a season that began with them looking like the only dominant team in football. There was a stretch early on when they were 4-1. and They were kicking the crap out of everyone. They had a run of dominance in four straight victories that I think was unprecedented. We had a story about it at PFT. And then something happened. They hit a wall. And now, after the Monday night loss at home to the Patriots, a game that back in September we would have never dreamed the Bills would lose, yeah. short week, trip to Tampa where the Buccaneers are very tough to beat, And you're seeing cracks in the foundation for Buffalo now. No doubt. Some of the Sean McDermott comments after the game. I think the pressure is starting to really overtake this team. It could get ugly for them on Sunday. Now, they still got time on the back end to try to fix it, but they're going to hit their low point Sunday. I don't think Monday night was the low point. I think Sunday in Tampa is going to be the low point. Let's take a break. We just talked about Bill Belichick. I think he's the greatest NFL coach of all time, maybe the greatest coach of any sport of any time. Will he be the coach of the year for 2021? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it.
1: You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can
0: try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better.
1: Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. courtesy of points bet coach of the year odds there he is at the top of the stack he's won it three times before i was surprised to see he's won it three times before he could win it every year if technically it's the best coach of the year he should win it every year plus 125 cliff kingsbury the cardinals coach at 250 but belichick the favorite matt lafleur at least he's in the conversation finally he needs to get more credit for what he's done with the packers but what Belichick's done this year, and I know that it's just coach, not executive of the year, but it's hard to separate the two. The moves he made in the offseason, the foundation for the team that he now has, and it's all working. It's all been validated. I think that's why we actually saw a smile from him after the game on Monday night, because that was the not the ultimate final act. That would be hoisting a Lombardi trophy. But where he is right now, entering this very late bye week. What they had planned is coming to fruition.
2: Yeah, no, uh, this is a tough one this year. You know, I mean, yes, what Cliff Kingsbury's done, Arizona, you know, yeah, we didn't see it coming. We knew how talented they were, we just weren't sure if they were going to put it together. So it certainly needs to be, you know, at the top two in this discussion. But man, Belichick, too, you know, to totally rehaul the football team between free agency drafts and a rookie quarterback. Uh, and now we're sitting here after a shaky start to where we go well we're in mid-december and guess what the Patriots are back I mean they're looking like they're shaping up to be you know one of the best teams in football again for the next four or five years and it's like they're the best playing the best football in the NFL right now this second that that's where I think it's amazing and yeah, it, you know, it's the gift and the curse there with Belichick. You're right, he can win it every year. I mean, 2014, as bad as they looked early in the year, and then they just win every game from basically there on and beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. Crap, he should have won it that year. You know, so I, don't, I guess as the, the year gone on where I, I think three or four weeks ago I was like, Cliff Kingsbury is the guy. Uh, I, I tend to be leaning Belichick right now uh, over Kingsbury. What, what about you?
1: I'm leaning Belichick now, and it's always difficult because I think that with the coach of the year, the understanding very loosely and generally is it's the guy who exceeded the expectations going into the season the most. And Kingsbury was a hot seat guy going into the season. It felt like it was in the process of crumbling on Cliff Kingsbury, not working out as well as it has. So I think it comes down to the two of them, but given that the Patriots hit a low point last year... And it felt like it was over. Yeah, it and New England like it fans kind of
2: turned on him a little. Yeah, it, it, Brady was the reason they time. won. Brady, it was yep. Brady because they won the Super Bowl. So it was Brady. It wasn't Belichick. You know, there was some certainly some you know crap out there that wasn't uh, true either. But you're right. I mean, both are amazing stories, and I'm glad you give some love to Matt Lafleur, who's you know only just deals with the most dysfunctional crap every year for three years in a row and doesn't blink an eye, and the team kicks butt. I mean, the first year, will him and Rodgers coexist? I don't know. Is he going to let them have freedom at the line of scrimmage to audible? Oh, okay, they got that right. Oh, 13 and three. And then it's the drafting of the quarterback. And then, oh, it doesn't matter. 13 and three. And then this year, wanting to trade and everything there. I might retire, all of those kind of things. Oh, here we are back again, you know, nine and three right now. I mean, it's it's a damn good job at LaFleur, too. The thing that gets overlooked is the navigation of difficult personalities, yeah, starting with
1: Rodgers. Right. Rogers. right. Because it was Rodgers, if you remember, who blew up the whole audible thing. That, yeah, he's the one who right, made that an issue right. by talking to Mike Silver about it when he went up there to interview LaFleur and Rodgers together. And LaFleur understanding, I am dealing with a quarterback who is a different kind of a guy. I mean, what did Mark Murphy say? The CEO of the team, he's a complicated fella. Yeah. And LaFleur has learned how to tiptoe around a delicate genius in Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur has learned how to coexist when he's caught between Rodgers and Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and what's LaFleur done he's kept his eye on the prize well they haven't made it to the Super Bowl yet but they've been 13 and 3 13 and 3 and 9 and 3 amid the potential at any given moment for all sorts of
2: full-blown dysfunction that's a credit
1: to Lafleur, and he doesn't get enough credit for it.
2: No, he does not. That's exactly right. It's 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 uh, managing personalities is a huge part of being a successful successful head coach, and that's what the good ones done. And that's another one I'd go. You know, hey, Belichick doesn't get enough credit for that in that department either. You know, just hey, there's very few guys that get brought in there or any issues out of that team almost ever because they have a way with people and players that. They can make them feel good even when circumstances are not great. But, yeah, you're right. You're spot on about Lafleur. Man, has he done some some great things there. Well, and Belichick knows
1: how to find guys who fit what they What want. they want to do, right. Just no like doubt. Mac Jones. Right. He does exactly what Bill Belichick wants, when Belichick wants it, how Belichick wants it. No questions asked. Yeah, no bristling. No right. problems. It it helps to have
2: the eight rings.
1: Well, you it have does. a little extra credibility in yeah. the locker room when you have the eight rings.
2: No, no doubt about it. That, but you know, you, you know, even to, to say that, like he he can bring in guys like Randy Moss and Aqib Talib, where people are like, oh gosh, these guys got well a lot of personality. They can, and there's never an issue. Darrell Rivas, there's never an issue. You're right. The rings certainly help. Uh, but you know, he has brought some person out dealing with Gronk. That was not necessarily, you know, new England type of guy. Uh, he, he's got a little bit more of a a gift there than I think people give him credit for. He's not the robot. Everybody thinks he is.
1: Tlaib said on the Manning cast this week, that Belichick had three rules be on time, know your assignments and be careful what you say to the media. Other than that, he didn't care. And they even got to the point where they're laughing about doing a morning walkthrough in pajamas. It's fitting. Today, since, according to my wife, I'm wearing my pajamas, <laughs> Bill didn't care what you wore to work. He didn't care about that. No. He just wanted you to be there, wanted you to be engaged, and, not, and wanted you to not pop off your mouth to the media and create yeah. problems that the team would then have to deal with. And it's a very simple approach. <laughs> But, you know, you have to be willing to do it, and they find the guys. The, the year will, I was there, guys
2: were wearing onesies to the, to, to the uh to, Well, that's what they said. They talked about the onesies. Onesies. And now yeah. Aqib was there. The year I was there was the year they traded for Guys were wearing onesies to be comfortable and hang around. And yeah, he didn't care if you went out there in the damn walkthrough through wearing a onesie. You knew you're, you, you were here on time. You knew your assignments. I mean, you know, you, you you could put a dress on and some lipstick. He didn't give a damn. Go ahead. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, let's go. Did it have the feet? Was it it a onesie? Yes, total onesies. Yes, total onesies. And it became a thing a little bit with the team where I would say on a given Wednesday, you'd have like eight, 12 guys wearing onesies because they were like, damn, this is comfortable. I don't give a damn if I'm a grown man. And uh, they went with it.
1: Did it have the two buttons and the flap on the back too? Some That's of it school. did. That's some going of them did. Wear. Yeah,
2: some of them had like a flap on the back. Yes, they did. They did. It was crazy. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs>
1: Matchup draft for week 14 when FFD Live continues right after this. Right. What age were you when you recognized, and more importantly, right. Phil recognized? that you could take him if it went down
2: Ugh. it had probably been like you know college later college where he might have been like oh man the heck you're too big now the heck I'm messing around with me? it wasn't like your normal wait i'm about to be an nfl football player and i'm 6'5, 235 and i can take dad now dad was still like working out hard early in my career in the nfl we'd go to the gym every now and then and work out right in the offseason and we'd lift, and he, he would outlift me in certain certain exercises, yeah. and I'd be embarrassed. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, that's gosh. great. <laughs> that is great. I can still remember um, that. Phil I was there for some out. of the filming. I'm, I'm there in the background watching some of this going, what in the hell is my dad doing? I don't know what the hell yeah. this is. <laughs> That's great.
1: Okay, enough. Enough, please. Peter Peter King looks very concerned. It's the most exercise
2: Peter's gotten in a long time in that 30 seconds <laughs> yeah, there. 30. All right, week 14 matchup draft. Chris, you're up. All right. I, I think what I'm going to start with is the 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 Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. Big game for Buffalo. Uh, I do think that they could beat Tampa Bay. It's not going to be easy, but one of the things I look at, you know, I, I also could maybe see Tampa Bay dominating them, blowing them out. And that's where I get into like Josh Allen versus the Bucks pass rush. You know, if, if he is protected, I do think he'll be able to make some plays against the Tampa secondary that, you know, hasn't been on its P's and Q's here over the last few weeks to where he'll, he'll make some plays, but If the Tampa D line gets after him and they kind of dominate that Bill's offensive line, I think it could be a really long day. It really could. It could be, you know, I don't want to say like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but something similar to that. If he has time to sit back there and hang and break the pocket and wait a little bit more and do that, then maybe they have a chance to pull off the upset in Tampa Bay. But that's certainly a matchup I'll be watching.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. That's on my list too. And as I said earlier, I just this this is not coming at a good time for the bills. Not a good time at all. Short week on the road after that tough Monday night game against the Patriots. Not good for the Bills at all. I'm going to go with the rematch the Sunday night game from a couple of weeks ago, the Ravens and the Browns. This is mm-hmm. the first time that the Ravens are ever, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, underdogs against the Browns, Lamar Jackson versus the Browns defense. And we've seen, and Mike Tomlin talked about this last week, the cat and mouse game that you play with the Ravens offense. That Thursday night game a few weeks back, the Dolphins blitzing Lamar Jackson repeatedly. Then the Browns played their regular defense more and you'd say what do you, what to expect what are you really doing here and then he had the the day against the Steelers where he wasn't spectacular this is a guy who was an MVP two years ago uh what are the Browns going to do are they going to yeah. show him similar looks to what they saw on Sunday night right are they going to mix it up are they going to bring the house what are they going to do and and is it going to knock Lamar Jackson off his game because it's not quite one man band but it's not it's, far it's from it's not it.
2: it's not what it was 2 years ago no. and that offense is struggling every week to put up points yeah 100% you're right it's it's you know and, i i know we've talked about this a lot even 5 weeks ago when they were really good there were still like questions where you go man can they continue to play and be consistent this way you know they were winning by the skin of their teeth and there's some issues there and you know you you're right i mean the browns what will they do will they decide to blitz more they have the personnel to contain Lamar Jackson and the speed on the edge and the speed at linebacker to contain them. We'll see if they can not screw it up themselves a little bit like they did on that Sunday night football game and lost. Uh, You know, I'm going to a similar theme that we've, we've both have picked here again, you know, uh, one of the big game, Monday night football Rams Cardinals, you know, I'm going to go the same thing. Kyler Murray versus the Rams pass rush. I don't mean to be repetitive, but to me, it's a big thing. I mean the Rams pass rush, where the hell is it? Where the hell is the Rams' pass rush? You know, I, I mean, I'm not sure, but I don't think Von Miller's got a sack there yet, right? I mean, Aaron Donald, as you see, he's not as quite as dominant as years past. He's still awesome, but he's no longer the slam dunk NFL defensive MVP. You know, Leonard Floyd. I mean, that just... I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed by them so far. All of them, they got to get after Kyler Murray. If they don't get after Kyler Murray and contain him and put pressure on him, they're not going to win the football game. They're not. And I'm disappointed in that pass rush to this point. You know, I'm going to
1: another rematch of a Sunday night game. When we saw the chiefs against the Raiders in Las Vegas, a few weeks back, I I've, one of the things that decided it for me was Andy Reid versus Rich Bisaccia, the yeah, guy who yeah. was never a head coaching candidate anywhere, and he, he was in the right place at the, at the wrong time for John Gruden. But I, I go back to Reid Bisaccia. Reid Bisaccia. I'm, well, I think that's one of the – and this is no disrespect intended to Rich Bisaccia, but he would have never gotten that job. If John Gruden had been fired when they first found out or pushed out when they first found out about the yeah. emails – they wouldn't have hired Rich Passaccia to be the coach. It was just the guy they tapped on the shoulder when they had no other alternative. And the other extra little kick for Andy Reid, they were pissed off last year when the Raiders won and did the uh, the, the buses around the stadium. Yeah, and right. They haven't forgotten that. No. So that, that I got a feeling that one's going to be ugly too. Let's I take a break. You. We'll do round yeah. three of the matchup draft when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, let's wrap up
2: the matchup draft for Week 14. Chris, what do you got, Round Three? I'm going to go Bengals D line versus 49ers O line. 49ers rushing game. 49ers got the seventh ranked rushing offense in football. Bengals got the fourth ranked rushing defense in football. You know, to me, that's going to go a long way to win the football. You know, as you saw last week, you know, the 49ers if they can't dominate in the run game. You know, it just uh-oh. Then we got to rely on Jimmy G. He makes two bad mistakes. I mean, if the Bengals can somewhat handle the 49ers' run game, and I don't know if we're going to see Debo Samuel this week, um, uh, I, I think that's going to be a, a go a long way to them winning this football game at home. And I believe they're underdogs to the 49ers at home. I'll give the Sunday night
1: game a little love. The Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who's returning from the rib injury against the Green Bay defense. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see. Hey, if the Bears are going to have a chance to reverse the ownership of Aaron Rodgers of the Chicago franchise, Justin Fields is going to be the guy who kind of starts that trend because this is going to be for a while now. Presumably, Justin Fields is the guy against the Packers. Let's see what he can do in his first shot. All right, a little throwback Thursday on the way out the door. Although I really don't Here want to do this. Here we go. Super We have it. All right. Super Bowl Nine, Tulane Woo, Stadium, baby. January 1975. Go Steelers, go Steelers. You know, I really shouldn't have called for this. Ah, damn. Your team yeah, can't even hand the, the ball off. Jeez. It was scoreless for at that the time. There's the safety. Franco Harris was unstoppable that day. It was a Super Bowl rushing record for a single game. I think it was like 132 yards. Right. The only touchdown for the Vikings that day was on a blocked Bobby Walden punt. Damn. They missed the extra pointer. It would have been 16-7. to 7. There's Terry
2: Bradshaw Purple rolling right. Purple people eaters got steel Rocky Blyer's
1: in the end zone. He cuts it inside to Larry Brown, I think that was. it. Tight end. God, that was a long day. 16 to 6. Anytime there's a game now, all these years later, that finishes 16 to 6, I get a little pissed off. Yeah. Even I'm, today. 16 yeah, to 6. Yeah, you remember those. Tonight's stories. score: 16 to 6. See you. I later. hope. Well, we'll hope it's a good night.
2: See ya.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000.